on this feast of the baptism of the Lord, we're reminded that baptism is not only meant to save us, baptism is meant to change the world. Now, Jesus established this solemn sacrament. This sacrament is based on faith and baptism, the pouring of the water and the saying of those words, I, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Holy Spirit, Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And what comes from this is that an enormous power is poured out. God bestows the gift of grace. First, he wipes away all sins. The fathers of the church looked back and saw this as an image of the great flood that wiped away all sin in the Old Testament. And then they see it as joining us to Christ, giving us a share in the divine life, making us true sons and daughters of God, adopted as God's own sons and daughters, giving us the right to heaven, the right to call God our Father. It also gives us a mysterious sharing in the cross. Jesus gives us this sacrament, the first and the greatest of these sacraments, but it follows with many others, obviously the sacrament of penance. For all those sins committed after baptism, you remember on the night of the resurrection, he enters the upper room, and there in that mysterious upper room, he breathed on them, and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. Whose sins you forgive, they're forgiven them. Whose sins you retain, they are retained. He gives the apostles the power to forgive sins in his name, to rejoin us to himself, to give us again the divine life, to give us the right to heaven, to make us again sons and daughters of God. All this is the power of baptism and now the sacrament of penance. And then, obviously, one of the, the greatest capstone of all is the Eucharist, by which he joins us to himself, body and blood, soul and divinity. All of these are sacraments. All of these are gifts that God bestows upon us. All of these give us a share in his own divine life. You and I want these gifts. We need these gifts. This isn't just for Sunday morning. This isn't just for honorary baptisms. This is for all of our life. This is meant to change us and the way that we live our lives as sons and daughters of God. And the second part of this great feast is that you and I are to bring the light of Christ to the world. Baptism is meant to change the world, not just in us individually as I go about my way as a, as a faithful follower of Jesus and, and, and hopefully find myself in heaven. The light of Christ that shines out from the baptized is to enter the darkness of the world and to cast out lies and dishonesty, to see the truth, to not be swept aside. All of these things are part of the light of Christ. That's why we want everyone to be baptized. It's not restricted to the few. It's in, the invitation is to the whole world to become sons and daughters of God. And But you and I already baptized. The light of Christ is meant to shine out from us. In other words, you and I are supposed to put on the mind of Christ. We find that mind of Christ in the church. That means you need to study. It means you need to take on some additional studies and readings. Maybe the catechism of the Catholic Church. What does the church say about Catholic social teaching, the rights and dignity of workers, our own dignity as individuals made as sons and daughters of God? The world does not respect that right now. You need to know that. Cling to these truths because these things are important, especially in our own day and age. So you need the light of Christ. You have to put on, first of all, the mind of Christ. Those who put on the mind of Christ see with the eyes of Christ. They see through lies. They have a homeland in heaven. They're not afraid of the cross. You remember, every time we come to the altar, we're receiving body and blood, soul and divinity. We're receiving Jesus in his death on the cross and in his resurrection. It's to make us fearless of death, so committed to him that we are willing to lay down our lives to follow after him. So it's very significant. These sacraments are powerful. And when you and I put on the Lord Jesus Christ and we put on the mind of Christ, we start to see the world through the eyes of Christ. And it keeps us from being seduced by the lies and the wickedness and the bondage of the world. Our world has suffered unprecedented anxiety, sorrow, and division in these last 18 months. 
We've had the pandemic, the COVID-19 pandemic, terrible in itself, causing suffering and death in many. It's a terrible thing in itself. But in addition to that, the way that it's been dealt with by the government, by government medical officials and by the media, has brought all kinds of other difficulties into our world. It's brought pain and division among friends. It's brought division among families, torn social networks apart. The questions of whether we're vaccinated or unvaccinated, whether we're wearing masks or unmasked, whether we have the right to go to a Christmas party or not go to a Christmas party. All of these things have been enormously divisive. And again, I'll remind you, I'm neither for nor against vaccination, but I reject and I object to the vaccine mandates because the mandates themselves rob us of our dignity. They rob us of our own rights as individuals. They rob us of our privacy. Again, look at the way the world has changed. Look at the divisions that have been sown in our midst. Look at the way we've been torn apart from one another. You have to say to yourself, something is not right. What does the light of Christ shine in this darkness? Look for a moment at some of the inconsistencies that we see. If the masks work, why six feet of separation? If six feet of separation works, why the masks? If they both work, why the lockdowns? If the lockdowns work, why the rush to vaccines? If the vaccines work, why can't we know what's in them for 75 years? If the vaccines work, why are the majority of new cases in study after study among the vaccinated? Think about that for just a moment. These are inconsistencies. If the first, shot, the first two shots didn't work, why the third? Step by step, we see inconsistencies, and they become divisive among people. One after another, we've been divided from one another. Something isn't right here. Moreover, I'm shocked that the medical community has nearly suppressed all early treatments of COVID-19. One successful medication after another has been banned. Doctors who attempt to prescribe certain treatments successfully used in other countries risk losing their positions and from the HMOs. Something's not right. Something doesn't add up. You and I are thinking people. God gave us a brain. We're supposed to use it. When things don't add up, there's something you don't know. And the light of Christ is meant to penetrate this darkness. It's meant for us to see the light of truth, to walk in the light. One of the great doctors in our age right now is Dr. Zelenko, an Orthodox Jewish doctor who's successfully given early treatment to 6,000 patients. He's created what's called the Zelenko Protocols, published in various places with various medications and treatments. I watched a video of his, I downloaded it, and I tried to forward it through my Google Drive, and I found the message that Dr. Zelenko was banned because he didn't subscribe to the Google and the government view of proper treatments. That's censorship. Don't I have the right to my own opinion? Doesn't Dr. Zelenko have the right to his own opinion? Ought he not be allowed to offer his opinion in the, in the public opinion, in the, in the public world, and say, either it works or it doesn't work? If it works, use it. If it doesn't work, don't use it. Instead, he finds himself banned, one person after another, and you say, this isn't right. This partnership between Google and the government is corrupt. Something doesn't add up here. The vaccines, again, are pre presented as the only option for treatment. Again, clearly, that's not the case. Now, how do we understand what's going on? One doctor, a professor, Matthias Desmet, PhD from Ghent University and a psychiatrist, he proposes a theory for what's going on called a mass formation psychosis. He speaks of this mass formation as, as a form of mass hypnosis, a madness of the crowds, strange phenomena that can affect 20 to 30% of a population. 
And he says this isn't the first time that's happening right now. It happened in Nazi Germany, happened in communist Russia, probably happened in China as well. But this mass formation explains how an entire world can fall under a mainstream media COVID narrative spell. Another doctor building upon this, another highly respected doctor, Dr. Peter McCullough, working with him, outlined four key steps to be taken in order to effectively hypnotize the masses. The first step, he says, must be a period of prolonged isolation, the lockdowns. Number two, there must be withdrawal of things taken away from people that they once used to enjoy. That's happened. Number three, there has to be this constant, incessant, free-floating anxiety. All the news cycles, all the deaths, the hospitalizations, more variants, new strains, people becoming scared over and over again. And the last thing, number four, the capper, is there must be a single solution offered by an entity of authority. In this case, it's clear the worldwide solution is vaccinations. Now, the effect of this mass formation is that a large fraction of the population is completely unable to process new scientific data or facts demonstrating that they've been misled about the effectiveness, the adverse impacts of the mandatory mask use, the impacts of the lockdowns, the impact of genetic vaccines that are having on people. And the hypnotized, hypnotized process here, by this process, are those un, are unable to recognize the lies and misrepresentations that have been bombarded on a daily basis. They actively attack anyone who's fearless enough to challenge their ideas. And that's brought the divisions. That's brought the separations. That's alienated us from one another. And all you have to say is something is not right. Another doctor weighing in, Dr. Robert Malone, holds nine patents. He's one of the developers of the mRNA vaccine, is deeply concerned about what our government is doing with this and what the media is saying and the dishonesty about the vaccines. This man is one of the, the leaders. He's the founder. He's an inventor of the mRNA. And he's saying what we're doing isn't right. He's already been banned from Twitter and various other platforms. He says our government is out of control on this and they're lawless. They completely disregard bioethics, completely disregard the federal common rule. They've broken all the rules that I know of, and I've been trained in this for years and years and years. He says these mandates are explicitly illegal. They're explicitly inconsistent with the Nuremberg Code. Do you know the Nuremberg Code? Remember the Nuremberg trials after World War II? They set down standards for the freedom of individuals that must not be violated. He said they're flat out illegal and they don't care. Again, he's been banned now from various platforms. And again, he says there's this mass formation psychosis. And he goes on to say that in those years around the Nazi period, he says, highly intelligent, educated population went barking mad. How could it happen? How could so many people embrace something so wicked as Nazism or communism in Russia? How could they possibly do that? And again, he's explaining this with this mass formation. Why am I bringing this up on the feast of the baptism of the Lord? For the same reason that I want everyone to be baptized into Jesus Christ. The same reason I want everyone to put on the mind of Jesus Christ. For the same reason I want the light of Christ to shine into the darkness of our world. Baptism is meant to change the world. Now back in Nazi Germany, one particular family, one notable family, was not seduced. Remember the name Ratzinger? Joseph Ratzinger, now perhaps known as Benedict XVI, he was raised in his family in the time of Nazi Germany. And his father was a notable policeman, a man, bright man, but a man of faith, a man with the light of Christ, a man not seduced by these things. 
And his father lost his position, a notable position as a policeman, had to go to a smaller town, less significant position, because he refused to embrace Nazism. He refused to embrace the mindset. The light of Christ shone through that man. He was not seduced by the mass formation psychosis of the Nazis. So you recognize here the power of the light of Christ. If we are embracing our baptism, if we put on the mind of Christ, if we let the light of Christ shine in our deeds, in our thinking, in all that we do, we won't be seduced by those who have other agendas in this world. What do I want you to do? Strengthen your commitment to Jesus Christ. Make it complete, total, not partial, not just Sundays. Make it your whole life. Get to Mass with your whole family every Sunday. <coughs> In addition, make sure that your children are baptized, that your grandchildren are baptized. Don't go soft on this. It is a big deal. Faith and baptism not only saves us, it gives us a daring spirit to be seekers of truth, to reject lies and dishonesty in every form of bondage, even at the cost of our lives. Living our baptism gives us the light of Christ, and the world needs this light more than ever. The people who have walked in darkness have seen a great light, and that light is the light of Christ. That light belongs to all the baptized who put on the Lord Jesus Christ, who put on the mind of Christ.